Uh, welcome to a very special edition of uh, Booked. Um, we are coming to you live from not at AWP. Uh, I'm Livia Snedden. <laughs> and I'm Rob Olson. Um, there's going to be a lot of topics that we talk about tonight, and one of them definitely will be ongoing coverage of us not being at the AWP conference in Washington, D.C. this weekend. All right, so let's kick it off right away with uh, AWP-related news. Rob, where are you right now that you're not at AWP? I'm in in home. I'm at home, and I'm wearing pajama pants. <laughs> okay. Um, I just want to clarify for the listeners, Rob is sitting at home wearing nothing but pajama pants. <laughs> I um, Well, <laughs> I'm not wearing just pajama pants. Okay. <laughs> I'm also sitting at home, but I'm wearing, like, regular street clothes, so... Um, I like to be cozy when I record a podcast. And not just pajama pants, because that would just be weird. (laughs) Creepy. Yeah, yeah, Rob and I decided not to go to AWP this year. And Rob really decided, because I've decided numerous times not to go to AWP. But I guess Rob is the one who really decided this year not to to attend. Uh, AWP, which is in our capital, which has been in the news so much lately. Yeah, um, there's a lot of reasons why we chose not to attend AWP this year. Um, probably the largest one is that Livius wouldn't have gone anyway, like he mentioned. Um, but another one being that, so last year, AWP was in Los Angeles, and typically there's a kind of a collection of people that um, I expect to see at AWP, and I didn't, up up to the point of, of the actual conference starting, really have confirmation that any of those people were going to be there. So it was as if kind of our collection of people was dwindling. Um, so really it was just like the opportunity to hang out with Lit Reactor is always awesome. And um, it's it's a fun fun experience and they're great people. And um, I, I had to break Rob Hart's heart. Rob's heart? Rob Hart's heart? It's confusing. Um, the heart, the heart of heart. The heart of heart. Um, he sent me a message probably two or three weeks back asking um, what my plans were for AWP, and I had to tell him I wasn't going. And all I got back was a, was a frowny face, which uh, probably means that we were going to be hosting a party again. And uh, since we're not there, it's not happening. But anyway, we've focused on other conferences. So we're not out of the conference game, just not going to be doing the AWP thing. I was pretty sure it was because of all the violent protesting going on that you were just too afraid to go. Wait, protesting against our presence? I don't know. I keep seeing protesters on the TV. I don't know if they're protesting booked or not. I don't pay enough attention. Um, <laughs> Occupy booked would be a really, really weird movement. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? There is. There's probably some failed podcast out there. One guy. <laughs> He's got a sign, and like every week, uh, every week, whenever the episode gets uploaded, he puts it on and he holds up the sign. Occupy booked. I mean, like, and let me just say, let me just say, because I'm not sexist, he or she might do that. I just assumed it was a man. It could definitely be a woman. Wow. You were assuming genders in 2017? That is not cool. I know um, there are other, there are other genders. I just, I don't know what to appropriately call them. So I'm going to stick to the two basics. The two basics. That's being sexist. How is that being sexist? Because you're making anything else sound more complicated or or, or somehow oh, oh less my God, equal. Is anything else not more complicated? <laughs> I'm just saying, like if <laughs> if you're gonna <laughs> And I thought basic was a bad word now. I'm completely lost. I'm getting too old for this shit is what it is. Dude, you need to know how yeah, you really are. You got my text earlier today? I did get your text and I caught that on the first time. <laughs> Go ahead and explain what you're talking about. I was listening. I was re-listening to the Raw Shark Text episode earlier today, and I got to a point that I had completely forgotten about where um, we were talking about age, and, and Livia says, oh, I'm turning, turning 45, and I just said, oh, God. And it was, you know, it was like a knee-jerk reaction. I didn't even mean it. I felt bad about it. Don't. I feel the same way every time I think about it myself. But yeah, I'm getting too old to keep up with all the, the lingo and, and the whatever else. I just don't. Yeah. I want to tell you, before we move on, talking about that, I, as I was re-listening, there was something that you said, and I really wish I remembered exactly what it was, but it was one of those things where I missed it in the moment when you said it, but it was hilarious, and I laughed after the fact. So I think that your clever wit just is too fast for me sometimes, and like it's on the re-listen that I actually pick it up. Well, I appreciate that. I will likely be listening to that episode uh, tomorrow, and maybe I'll pick up what 
what it is, and I'll let you know. Because I'll be like, how come you didn't laugh at that? I don't understand. Yeah. That was really funny. Yeah. And then I'll be like, is this what you were talking about? <laughs> and then you'll brush so, a little dirt off your shoulder. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we're not at AWP. We're in Illinois, um, where it is not snowing. I don't know if it's snowing in, in uh, Washington, D.C., <laughs> but I know the East Coast. Well, no, the East Coast like got like a foot of snow or something today, which is ridiculous. I just love, it's not snowing here. I don't know if it's snowing there, but it's not snowing here. Well, they're in the east, and the east was getting hit pretty hard. So I don't know if they were in the path of that particular snowstorm, but I don't know if you heard today. Like, up to two feet of snow in some areas. That's, um, yeah, glad I'm not there. Yeah, lots of uh, travelers stranded all across the country uh, today. So. Oh, man, well, I hope it doesn't impact. I'm flying out uh, to Oregon on Saturday. You should be fine, because that's so. going in the other direction. Good, good. Yeah. Hey, can I tell you? This is exactly what happens when I spend a good portion of my day flipping back and forth from CNN to Fox News on the on the serious uh, some satellite radio. Well, no, I know about things like <laughs> snowstorms and politic things. And <laughs> I don't understand any of it, but so you're up I on some current that. affairs, is what you're telling I, me. Listen, yes, and I uh, and that's <laughs> what I do. It's like I listen. I listen to CNN for as long as I can bear, and then I flip over to Fox News, and I listen for as long as I can bear, and I flip back to CNN, and I do this. And, and it's about 10 to 12 minutes on each one before I, I can't take it. Is there so, – so maybe, maybe the listeners can help me out. Is there a actual news station that just reports news without a ton of opinion peeped on top of it? Because if there is, I can't seem to find it. Um, my gut reaction is to say no, because like you think of, of news outlets, even stuff like the guardian, um, well, it, it, it is, it reports objective, <laughs> like news it has, it has like a leaning toward like being liberal and stuff like that. Um, my instinct is that possibly if you're finding stories directly from like the associated press or Reuters, which are like, you know, like news organizations that people buy mm -hmm. stories from and stuff, maybe you're, you're getting the story without the opinion. Hmm, that's a good point. Um, so like AP or Reuters directly, possibly, but like otherwise, ugh. like, uh, I don't know. That's it's, I mean, journalism is pretty much dead. It seems that way. And that's really, uh, I mean, it's a little upsetting because sometimes you would just like to like make up your own mind. Yeah. You know what I mean about the event that's going on? But seriously, man, those two news stations, it's its amazing if you've never done it. Because if you do, if you do like that kind of like 10-minute rotation, you get basically the same story. Yeah. You know, there's kind of like a time thing that happens where you're hearing coverage about the same thing, but you're hearing the exact opposite of what you just heard moments ago. And it's a, it's a, little, it's a little frustrating. It's going to be like getting motion sickness. Yeah. Did we mention this was an interlude episode? There's probably someone waiting like, what fucking book are they going to review? They've been going on for 20 minutes about nothing. No, uh, you jumped right into talking about something. <laughs> oh, AWP. So, <laughs> Yeah, no book, no book this week. I do believe we said that on the last episode. We did. Yeah. Um, so astute listeners will already know that uh, Rob and I are going to cover a few topics. One of them is going to be live coverage from Not at AWP, which we've already <laughs> begun. And may continue uh, throughout the evening. Uh, sh shout out to Brandon Teets, who is at AWP. It's like my little brother. We miss you, Brandon. Aw. What did we call him when we were in Minneapolis? Was it Young Livius? <laughs> oh, Little Livius? Little, little Livius. Young Livius Something probably works, yeah. too, because yeah. you're yeah. You know, almost in yeah, your 50s. He's, yeah, exactly. He's considerably younger than I am. Um, yeah, we might break in every now and then with an announcement about AWP. Um, I actually have one that I just saw moments before I got on the podcast, so I think this is a uh, a good time to break in with that. From Washington, Kirk Claus, who is one of the founders of the Lit Reactor website, posted this two hours ago. Note to self, ginger is a good addition to an old-fashioned. It's breaking AWP news right there. <laughs> That's what we're missing. Although you'd be drinking an old-fashioned with ginger, and you'd probably love it. The weird thing is, I think Kirk Claus is a ginger. Like, he's kind of got mm. a red hair thing going on. But it might just wow. be, like, really fair, like, light, like, blondish. I don't know. But anyway, is he that, could be a ginger. 
when you say that, is that racist? Oh, ginger is definitely like a, a, a negative thing to say for sure. Yeah. Just checking. Rob and I before the uh before the podcast were having a conversation about racism, what things are considered racist. So I'm trying to learn so I can keep up with all the kids. So you can be he can be as effective as a ra- as a racist as possible. That's the yeah. thing, like pretty much everything is racist now and just like you just have to kind of stew in that. I just don't nonsense. know if redheaded people are a race. I think it's just a hair color. Well, it's it's uh some sort of uh, prejudice of some kind. I don't know. I can't keep up with this shit, man. I know you're being insensitive. I just can't explain exactly why. All right. Um, <laughs> wait, no, I'm being insensitive. You didn't yeah, say that. I was like, wait a minute. I, like, I, was, <laughs> just, I just agreed with it because I'm so used to it. I'm like, yeah, I, I must be. Uh, Society has taught me that if I'm thinking something, I'm probably being insensitive to someone. Um. Let's let's completely change the subject, and right. I'm going to have you explain yeah. something else to me. Yeah, you you had a topic you want to talk about about chicken. <laughs> I can't believe that. All right, so and I'm, I might have to do some like internet research to kind of back me up because I don't know. Um, so fast food. I'm kind of not the the foremost authority on fast food right now because I don't eat. I eat all my meals. Uh, prepared from home so i haven't even been through like the drive-through of a taco bell uh since before october so um it's done something to me though like i feel like i'm disconnected from what's happening in the world of fast food and when i see stuff it's more surprising (laughs) and so um a couple of things have just popped up on my radar recently and and i think that it's just kind of accumulating into just confusion so um, I, I texted Livius and I said, we may have to have a conversation about how fast food restaurants are replacing bread with chicken. And ha- do you have any idea what I'm talking about, Livius? Zero idea. And I consider myself a foremost authority on fast food as at least two thirds of my meals come from fast food restaurants. Um, so the first thing, uh, this is going back a little ways. The first thing I think of is didn't KFC have a sandwich called the double down? It was a sandwich that had chicken as the buns? Yeah, I seem to remember that. I don't do a lot of KFC because I'm not a big chicken person, which yeah. may be why I've missed this particular trend. Um, but yes, I do remember there being some kind of public outrage about <laughs> some type of sandwich that was something in the middle and then, yeah, then chicken on the outside. Yeah, and that's horrifying. So, like, uh, it was – I don't remember exactly what it was, but instead of bread – there was um, there was chicken on either side, and then whatever other sandwich stuff in the middle, and that was a couple of years ago. But but just recently, I saw two different things, and this is this is why it's kind of coming to mind. I think KFC is coming back around um, uh, with with another item. So I saw this. I think someone posted it on Facebook or something. So I didn't really read the article, but it just kind of it it, it registered in my brain, and I was like, that's weird. KFC has is coming out with um, something called the Cheetza. <laughs> it's like a pizza that uses chicken instead of dough as like the base of the pizza. I'm going to go with, you know, your pronunciation is probably right, but I looked at this. Rob sent me a link to this, and the first thing I thought was Chizza is the worst fucking name for food ever. The Chizza sounds terrible. I mean, it sounds like it's a member of the Wu-Tang Clan. Yeah. Cheat pizza. Cheatza. It would be cheatza, right? Because they're trying to imitate pizza. Yeah, or because they're trying to tell you that you're going to cheatza on your diet if you're eating this unholy thing. Oh, my God. This Um, does look... uh, It is a fried chicken pizza hybrid. And yeah, they do they do mention the KFC double down in this article. So the double down, because we weren't sure what it was, um, was holy crap. I did never had a double down, but it looks goddamn disgusting. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Looking Instead at this Instead of the expected chicken filling, the double down sticks two different kinds of cheese, pepper jack and a mystery variety created by the devil himself to win souls and punish humanity. <laughs> It's bacon and cheese between two chicken breasts. That's the double down sandwich? Yes. So the cheetah 
Um, Personal-sided pizza? I don't know what personal-sided means. In which the crust has been replaced with a flattened piece of fried chicken. Um, It's in Singapore, so I guess this is something that's in Asian markets for KFC. Um, Singapore, um, the Philippines, India, and now it's in Singapore oozing... Uh, like the KFC cheese sauce that rests atop its gooey throne. Yeah, cheetah man. This looks awful. Um. So I saw that article, but it reminded me of something that I saw driving past a Taco Bell. And this is something that you can do at Taco Bell right now. It's called the naked. I think it's called the naked chalupa, naked chicken chalupa, where the chicken part of this chalupa acts as the shell that holds the rest of the ingredients. I, uh, you know, I saw the name. I was at Taco Bell yesterday. I'm not kidding when I say two-thirds of my meals come from fast food places. (laughs) But part of my problem with that is I always order the same things. So at Taco Bell, I get that $5 Craver box, which, let me tell you, is the best value in fast food. You're not familiar, I'm assuming? No, no, I have no idea what you're talking about. All right, so for five bucks, you get a, a soda, the medium size uh, soda of your of your choice. You get a hard shell taco, a burrito, and I forget what the other thing is called, but it's basically a taco inside of like a pita. Yeah, like a gordita sauce on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like a gordita. Maybe it's, maybe it's a gordita, and a side of chips and cheese. And I will tell you, I eat a lot. And there are plenty of times when I do not finish this entire box of food. So that's five bucks? It's five bucks. Hey, there you go. By the way, Taco Bell also has moved to first place in healthiest of the big fast food restaurants. But I think that's mostly due to the fact that they don't have french fries. Well, there you go. But um, So I see this naked chicken chalupa, and I'm like, man, I should be disgusted by this, but it kind of looks great. (laughs) I'm like, you deprive yourself from things like that, after a while, you'll be like, I wonder if I can get one of those cheetahs. Yeah. Yeah, the cheetah look looks like a monstrosity. It looks like it's going to come alive and, like, you know, eat your face off. But the ch- the naked chicken chalupa is looking pretty good. Here's what I'll say. Did I tell you about my Chipotle experience recently? No. I love Chipotle. Um, this is just going to be the fast food episode of, of Booked. Um, so, as I said, I have not gone to... Most fast food places, and you know, since October, uh, I some t- I'm on a diet, trying to lose some weight, stuff like that. But I forgot my lunch one day when I went to work, so I had to just get get food out. And I decided, all right, so it's probably going to be pretty easy to to have, you know, a low calorie kind of meal if I go to Chipotle. And I go there and I get the same thing I would always get, which is like a like a chicken burrito bowl. And I start eating it. And it tastes like I'm just eating a bowl full of salt. Like, it's Mm. so salty. And the reason is because, like, my diet has been so low on salt for, like, three months that I've completely lost, you know, my, I guess, desensitivity to salt. Um, And now, like, fast food tastes salty as hell. It's crazy. See, though, you got to stay off those low-sodium diets because you know how they keep meat from spoiling, right? Salt. Yeah, they, they salt them. Yeah. So you're probably rotting from the inside out right now. Oh. I mean, I'm not a scientist or anything. Wait, is that how you become a zombie? I have no idea how you become a zombie. Uh-huh. There's, there's no no scientific evidence to prove that there are zombies yet. That's true. Well, before we get off the food subject, and I tell you, I'm not a big chicken person, so I, I get chick- Chinese. Like usually, I get chicken dishes. Yeah, yeah. Um, but other than that, I really don't eat a lot of chicken. The last time I was excited about chicken in a fast food place is when I learned about the McGangbang like six or seven years ago. <laughs> Please explain. Do you not know what the McGangbang is? Um, I think I've heard the term, but I, okay. I'm not. I don't know it well enough. It's kind of like a like a secret menu item at McDonald's in that they they don't make it for you. You assemble it yourself, but. You purchase the the dollar double cheeseburger, which I'm pretty sure isn't a dollar anymore. The big deal was that this whole thing was $2 in tax. You would get the double cheeseburger, and then you would get their dollar chicken sandwich. You would take your double cheeseburger and split it right in half. So the the top bun and the top patty would come off. And you would put the whole chicken sandwich in the middle. Buns and all? Reassemble it, yes. 
And that is called a McGangbang. I'm gonna I'm gonna say so you don't so they don't make that sandwich for you. You have to they, kind of no, assemble it. Yeah, no, yeah. But I, I'm thinking and, and it was it was a big, big deal a number of years ago. I don't know if you know, maybe even ten years ago. Um and I don't know if Yes, I oh yeah, I've had a couple of them. Yeah. Wow. I was not aware of this. Yeah, it's uh it's not bad. Um and at the time, like I said, maybe whatever, eight, nine years ago, you could probably just ask for a McGangbang and and get <laughs> it, you know what I mean? Like if you asked for that, they would just yeah. ring you up for the two items and that's what you would get. I don't know that I would try that now. I, I haven't even given it any thought for a while, but you were talking about chicken. And I was like, the last time, when was the last time I really wanted chicken from a place? I was like, oh, the McGangbang. I don't know. I don't know, I don't know if we can top McGangbang. Um, <laughs> listeners, uh, well, I guess, you know, the secret menu items thing is something that, like, exists in other places. Like, um, In-N-Out Burger was, was the place where you, you know, they, they sell, like, four things. But if you know what else to order, they'll make it that way for you, that kind of thing. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, lots of places have them. Starbucks had a fairly popular secret menu, too, for different yeah. drink combinations. Who was I just talking to? Was that you I was talking to about the... Was that on the last episode about coffee and then filling it with milk? That was, yeah, I talked about... Um, I mean, in theory, the ghetto probably, latte. Yeah, that's probably kind of like a secret menu thing. If you looked it up, I'm sure it would show up on those sites. Yeah, yeah. On the weird secret menu sites. Hey, listeners, if you're uh, if you have a favorite secret menu item... Like the Mick Gangbang, let us know. Uh, tweet at us about your favorite secret menu item. Um, yeah, and I I, um, I finally reinstalled the, the book podcast Twitter after being off of it for a couple of weeks, and <laughs> I was getting like better battery phone li- or better battery life for my phone though. That was amazing because it wasn't going off nearly as much. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so tweet tweet your secret menu item at us, and uh, in between me reading Donald Trump tweets, maybe maybe we'll notice that and. Um, Bring it up here on the podcast. That guy. That's all I do on Twitter anymore is just wait for Donald Trump to to tweet something. Uh, in all caps. Yeah, sometimes um, it's in all caps. You get the easy D. You get the easy D. <laughs> I got to tell you, though, I do have something. I want to I say something positive. I know it's going to sound surprising, but I do have something positive to say about uh, Donald Trump. And this isn't the most timely thing in the world, but... Um, I don't know if you're aware of this, Livius, but Donald Trump is making people read more. All right, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm listening. <laughs> um, so, I mean, we're always advocates of, of of literacy and people reading more to the extent where Livius um, will defend the Twilight series, not only because he actually enjoyed the books, which I'm kind of surprised by, but also because, hey, if 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 books make people read more, then it's a positive thing. Correct. Yes. So I, I do firmly believe that. Yeah. So even if it's an awful bullshit thing like Twitter, uh, Twilight, I almost said Twitter, uh, like Twilight. <laughs> Twitter probably fits the same. <laughs> Twitter's kind of an awful bullshit thing, too. Um, you know, anything that makes people read more is a good thing. So I have to give um, President Trump a little bit of credit here. And and this is something that happened just a couple of weeks ago. There's an article that came up I'm looking at on The Guardian um, where I'll just read the the headline here. Sales of George Orwell's 1984 surge after Kellyanne Conway's alternative facts. <sighs> this is an article by the Guardian staff from Tuesday, the 24th of January. I, uh... <laughs> there it is. You knew it wasn't going to be. No, no, I knew. I <laughs> you knew there was I... an angle. <laughs> Donald Trump would be a 30% better at being president if somebody just, just, uh, disconnected his Twitter account. I think we would see a 30% increase in, in how good of a president he is if he didn't have Twitter. You mean if we didn't know how fucking unhinged he was? I mean, oh, it's so... Uh, <laughs> and, and and he's like... He surrounded himself with with some 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 characters too. Kellyanne Conway is she's like the like the wicked witch of the West. And, and yeah. there's there's yeah. like well I, he, I will say mm-hmm. I, I I'm gonna do a little analogy here. So I think that Trump's approach to assembling his his cabinet was kind of like the idea that where um, a bride 
when she's choosing bridesmaids, <laughs> chooses uglier people to make the bride look good, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I uh, I will tell you though, other than the fact, and so I, again, <laughs> I, I've been listening to the news way too much, and I'm telling you, it's, it's affecting my brain. Uh, Fox News every day runs the is it Sean Spicer is that his name? Spicer. Spicer. Sean Spicer's uh, uh, daily uh, press briefing yeah. in its entirety. And that happens to be around the time I'm going on lunch a lot. So I wind up oh, hearing no. it a lot more often than I probably should. And that guy, you know what? I like that guy well enough. I, I think that based on what he has to contend with, with just the hostile press in the room, he does a good job. But I have never heard somebody mispronounce so many fucking words in, in one speech and then, and then hear it again the next day and the next day and the next day. Well, here... I guess my question is, why would you want a press secretary that can fucking speak words? I, I, I know. I, 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 I like the guy. Like, I think he does an okay job. And I think that he thinks on his feet. And you know what I mean? What was it that he said today? And he said it like three different times. Because the first time I said it, I'm like, all right. He, he was getting kind of a heated debate with somebody. So I was like, all right, maybe when he gets a little angry, he just kind of like <laughs> loses the ability to pronounce words. I don't remember what it was, but I was like, oh, the second time he said it, I was like, oh, my God, he has no idea how to pronounce this word. And then the third time I was like, it's time to go back to CNN. So, so I guess the only thing I'll say about that guy, um, uh, because yeah, it's going to be very obvious that I think that everybody that Donald Trump, you know, uh, chose to work with is... The worst person in the world. I'm just that crazy liberal dude. Um, I would not ever want to be the guy that had to go up in front of the world to defend all the crazy shit that's happening in, in the Trump presidency. Oh, that is yeah. going to be the most thankless fucking job, like, ever. Yeah, and it's not like it's not just that. Part of it is that Donald Trump has has um, kind of alienated the press a little bit, yeah. so they're never even nice about no, it. No, you know like what when I mean? you when you choose to wage a war on the press, the guy that has to like be a liaison between you and the press oh, is just like it's getting crushed from both sides. Yeah, the the poor guy. But I'm I'm telling you, I I, I implore you, listen to one of like 15 minutes of one of these, and you will be like, what? <laughs> What the fuck is happening? Like, why is this not? I, I I won't, and I try to stay as far away from politics as possible because I know that I'll just like get like you know a peptic ulcer or something, and then like end up in the hospital. But um, I did see just like little bits and pieces of like the um, Ivanka Trump um, Nordstrom thing, mm -hmm. and how um, I mean, it's just a clear conflict of interest when he's. As the president shit talking Nordstrom <laughs> because his daughter lost a contract with him or whatever. Yeah. And and Spicer's just like so he's talking in this weird circular way where he's saying literally nothing. Um and he's contradicting himself and he's like he's basically saying that like it's not a political issue, but the the and and when explaining pro, uh, Trump's approach to it, he's making it sound like Trump is making it political, and it's like, man, you could you could have just not you could have not said it, and it wouldn't you know don't don't start nothing won't be nothing right. Yeah. You gotta listen to Ice Cube. Well, <laughs> yes, that's then when you run for office, I'm sure that he will be <laughs> he will be your um one of your oh, cabinet Ice members. Oh, Ice Cube's gonna be my press secretary totally. Oh yeah, that see now that that would be funny, um, yeah. And then yeah, Kellyanne Conway then today, uh, talking about how she really likes the Ivanka Trump line, and she she's going to use this time for a free commercial for it. Tells everyone to buy it. Now here's the here's the problem. Wait, that happened for real? Oh yeah, you can't. You've all right. Okay. I she just chose said, to not have a meltdown about this. Yeah. So she had said, someone had asked her about it or whatever on, I don't know, Fox or whatever. And she said, yeah, I think that the, I think that her stuff's great. I love her line of clothing. And uh, I'm just going to use this right now to just give her a free commercial. I think everyone should go out and buy it. God damn it. 
now but okay but see that's okay so I, I know you're having a meltdown and yes i understand but do you really think that 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 troll tells people and i'm using that in a very classic sense of the word <laughs> like under a bridge like she lives troll? under a bridge yeah, yeah. <laughs> that anybody was like oh holy shit the advisor to, to donald trump thinks i should go buy ivanka trump's clothing and they're lining up outside of wherever tj maxx or wherever that stuff ends up now that nordstrom isn't carrying it anymore to to buy it um obviously not but here's the well, thing like yeah. have the fucking presence of mind to understand that like if this is yes. a topic that is you know not a good thing why lean into it why even like you know and this is this is where they're they're inexperienced yeah. i think and this is what happens when you have a bunch of people who have never been um anywhere near uh political office before start to run not just a political office but the biggest political office arguably in the world uh certainly in the united states so so i guess um i'm gonna break in in a second with an awp update but i want to say for the record because i know president trump listens to the podcast <laughs> If you um, if you're looking to shake up the lineup a little bit of the people that you have, like you know, press secretary and stuff like that, I know that I can take it on at least part time. <laughs> I can buy a couple suits, stand up in front of people. I can handle that. Oh, man, I, I don't know. I don't. I don't wish that on anybody. No, I take that back. There's lots of people I wish ill will yeah. towards but yeah. like you said it's not, not yeah no, not you so <laughs> terrible stuff but um i, I just want to say trump is helping books uh be sold more probably helping people care more about education too but like not because he cares about education because they're trying to fight against stupidity it um, is funny that you mentioned that though because i started reading this week i'm a little embarrassed to say this publicly um i started reading the extinction journals by jeremy robert johnson yeah um, which I, I know I've told you this before. I don't think I've mentioned this on the podcast, but um, Sharp Dressed Man at the End of the Line is easily in my top five favorite short stories of all time. And that is the um, prelude to Extinction Journals. Mm -hmm. And that, that man, some of that sounds a lot like, like what's happening today. <laughs> I mean, it is a... <laughs> Uh, the the short story sharp dressed man at the end of the line starts i mean like days before the apocalypse that is caused by a president who's just you know the the term he was like poking the bear at every other country in the world until somebody finally like shoots nukes over yeah so it was ringing very true so hopefully maybe jeremy robert johnson will see some more sales out of his books if 1984 is uh is moving up in the rankings. Maybe we could see uh, some love for uh, JRJ out there. That's the thing, and I think we talked about this before too. And I was 100% sincere at the time, and I and I honestly think that this is going to make a change. We were talking about how um, the current climate up until you know November, um, the satire kind of genre of fiction seemed to be kind of dwindling a little bit. It didn't seem like I was seeing as much stuff coming out from. The likes of, um, you know, well, Christopher Moore is pretty consistent, but he does this kind of other stuff too. But like S.G. Brown and, and um, uh, Max Berry and stuff like that, I think that there's kind of like has been a downturn in satire because we've been we've been having it, frankly, so good for so long that there wasn't a need for or we weren't identifying as much with satirical writing. But I I predict February 9th, 2017 that we will see an uptick in the satire um, fiction based entirely on the fact that, like, there's something to, to hate and there's something to lampoon now. Like, that's why, you know, Saturday Night Live is, is going gangbusters again because of the fucking shit show <laughs> that's happening in the White House. So that's my that's my prediction. Soon we'll see an, an, an increase in satire fiction. See, I go against that because I, I almost find that satire wouldn't even be funny right now when it's... When it's this serious, does that make sense? I, I mean, I get that satire <laughs> yeah. is making light of things, but this is satire all in its on its own. Like, we don't need people to make a joke out of this because, quite honestly, it's a little bit of a scary satire as it is. Yeah, that's true. It is a farce. So, yes, for sure. Um, I do want to break in if it's okay with an AWP update. Absolutely, by all means. Um, this is a posting on Facebook that I saw. 
picture of um, our man Rob Hart, whose heart I broke, wearing a, a scarf. It must be cold over there. They must be getting the snow because he's got a scarf on indoors. Or it's just a bad fashion choice. Um, and a quote above it, the picture that says, How do you like that, you pretty fucking princess? And it's quoted to Rob Hart reading from Great Jones Street. So Rob Hart's doing a reading, and that's the quote. How do you like that, you pretty fucking princess? Man, if Rob only had a nickel for every time he'd said that, you, Rob, not the other Rob. <laughs> Either of us, I'm guessing. Either of you, both of you. There'd just be nickels just pouring out of your pockets. That's right. So, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, all right, let's get away. Let's get away from politics yeah. for a little bit. Uh, or maybe not, depending on how you feel about this next category. The This Is Horror Awards closed weeks ago, right? It's been a few weeks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, we should talk about this because we talked about it a little bit beforehand. We haven't talked about it since. So it's time to do our annual how long is it going to take to count all the votes. Yep. So I'll let you take that part. Let's talk about it. Um, well, I'm not seeing the word soon coming out of Michael David Wilson. In the past, <laughs> Like he'd just be like, yeah, it's coming soon. And then like three three weeks later, yeah, we're going to count that vote soon. You know, and then a month later. And also, he's living out there in Japan now, so who knows with time zones and stuff. He's living either in the future or the past. I don't know how it works. Um, but one thing I, I that occurred to me, we're going to know before it's announced whether we're the award winner or not, because he always asks the winners to like write a little thank you speech. So um, if we don't see that and he's like, hey, the announcements are going to come next week, yeah, probably we didn't win that award. But I think we I think we're gonna know why. Yeah, so much in keeping with what's been going on, at least here in the United States over the last few months. Um, I think I think it's fixed. I think I think it's fixed. <laughs> and here's why I think that. Yep. Rob and I all right, let's not say Rob and I. Let's let's actually say what happened. I one day said, Hey, the This Is Horror Awards are ending at like five o'clock tonight. I think it was our time. So it's like a last minute push to get some votes in. And I prodded and poked some people and asked them, hey, did you vote? And some said, yeah, I voted weeks ago. Whatever. Okay. <laughs> and then Rob, an hour after the deadline, is like, I've rallied some votes. <laughs> people are voting right now. <laughs> and it occurred to me that this time zone thing is a way to fix it against people yeah. who clearly don't understand time zones. And by that, I'm talking about people in the United States. Yeah. And, and so, like, here's the thing. There's no real like way to clearly know um, when the when the voting really was supposed to close. So I'm going to go to the website, and I'm going to prove myself wrong. Yeah, you are because it was like 12 o'clock Greenwich Mean Time. Right, Greenwich Mean Time on such uh, and such. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> on such and such a date. Uh, but like, I don't know. It was vague enough where I was like, I was sure I had. Maybe until like nine o'clock our time, and it ended up all right. Voting closes twelve o one a.m. GMT on Monday, twenty third January, twenty seventeen. So twelve o one a.m. GMT. We got to take six hours off of that, right? I believe for at this central time of the year. Yes, I believe it's yeah. So that would be six p.m. So if I messaged you after six p.m., mm -hmm. I was wrong. That's correct. I did. Yeah, it's like six fifty. <laughs> You're like, I'm rallying votes right now. Now, that being the case, um, I'm gonna just claim us the winner regardless of what happens. Well, I think I'm gonna take the lead from. I said we're gonna get away from politics, but I'm gonna take the lead from the leader of the free world. Yeah. If we don't win, it's because it's fixed. Yeah, and if we do win. It's, we overcame the fixing. Yeah. 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 So, obviously, the voting is rigged. Yeah. Because, yeah. like, yeah, okay, it does say it on the website here. Fine, whatever. <laughs> it does. It's at the very bottom, right right above where you share it on Facebook. So, it's not like it's, like, you know, at the top it says, this is how you vote and everything, and it gives you all the categories. And then at the very bottom, right at the very end, it says when the voting closes. So, that's problem number one. Problem number two is that uh, we live in America, and this voting is based on Greenwich Mean Time, which is fine. That's fine. I understand this is a British thing. But 
the guy that runs This Is Horror lives in Japan. How am I supposed to know even what day it's supposed to be on? <laughs> I see Monday, third, 23rd January. That means that w- adjusting for time, it was the 22nd for us still, right? So I'm thinking uh, the 23rd when it's really the 22nd is the end date. So he's messing with our days, man. He's messing with our days. It's rigged. All I'm saying is it's rigged. So rigged. It's rigged. Um, so. I'm going to demand some sort of satisfaction. <laughs> yeah, we're going to demand a recount. Yeah, I'm going to demand something. I'm going to take another piece of paper and cut it out and paste it over one of my existing This Is Horror words that says that I won 2016. Yeah, and we could always protest. I can come over to your place and we could break some windows and start a fire. Yeah. yeah. Occupy. Yeah, thanks for doing that at my house. <laughs> Occupy This Is Horror. Yep. Um, I'll send someone down to, uh, uh, we'll send Misty, Misty Bennett is a, is a Texas resident. Mm-hmm. She can go shake down Bob Pastorella. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It'd be like a women's march on Bob Pastorella's house. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. That's a, <laughs> a woman, a march, because I don't know if yeah, she's going to, she's got some friends over there that are female. She can do a whole woman's march. Yeah, so there you go. So we're just saying. It's we rigged. want to warn everybody ahead of time that we've yeah. done some investigating into some of the processes that are involved in this, and this is the conclusion we came up with. Yeah. So I'm going to go ahead and say that until it was 12.01 a.m. anywhere in the world, my those votes should count. Anywhere yeah. in the world. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, um, we're very excited to hear the results of the This Is Horror Awards, um, as we are every year, unless we don't win, and then we're not as excited. But um, those guys are doing good work over there. So They are, yeah. I listen to every episode. And, and, I don't know if they made this public on the podcast, but Bob Pastorella is selling his iPad Pro. So if you want a piece... <laughs> Problem, Rob, is that when you laugh like that, I can't continue. It's like I start talking, then I start kind of chuckling, then I just start choking. I don't even know what to say. What I was going to say is, if you want a piece of memorabilia, I'm sure that that was used to write... Countless notes for the This Is Horror podcast, probably some articles, you know. Maybe even uh, to, to help draft that novella that he came out with, um, Mojo Ryzen. Could be, yeah. but that was a while ago. Has the iPad Pro even been out that long? Um, a couple of years now, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay. And maybe some drawings. We know that Bob is also an artist. Yeah, I mean, that's a yeah. real piece of This Is Horror history right there. There you go. So yeah. that's available to you. Um I don't know. I don't know how quickly he's going to move that thing. So, <laughs> yes, there you go. Well, yeah, I think I'm on to something, man. Start selling some of my older laptops that I've been using for for this podcast. You know, we've really been taking the approach of just like getting people to give us money um, through Patreon to to fund things through the podcast, but we <laughs> we really haven't taken the garage sale approach of just like I got something that I'm not using anymore. I'm going to sell it on eBay. Yeah, and maybe, listen, this is working for some other outlets. Maybe we've been looking at this all wrong. We've been really sitting on our hands here, and there's, like, so many different things we can do. So um, I mean, in theory, theory, Rob, I could pull my old laptop right now, look at the hard drive, and based on, like, the dates that, like, files were modified, I could probably tell you what episodes were recorded. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I throw it up on, on eBay, and I say, hey, this is the computer that was used to interview David James Keaton. A minimum of three times. Yeah. Hey, I just got um, um, in the mail from Craig Walwork, uh, first edition UK copy of the Raw Shark Texts. Probably get a few bucks for that on eBay. 
<laughs> that is pretty cool. Now, does that have, is that one of the ones that has a fragment in it? No. No, okay. it's not the, it's not the, the UK edition that has anything extra in it. Although, something that's really neat, um, and you can tell I'm reaching back to get the actual copy, uh, in the front, if I flip open to the title page, there is an actual, like, yellow post-it note um, that's part of the publication um, stuck on the, the title page, and there's a quote that says, The Bastard Love Child of the Matrix, Jaws, and the Da Vinci Code, and it's, quite, uh, it's a quote attributed to Mark Haddon, and it's got the Raw Shark Six website on there. So, like, it pu they published it with a post-it note, which I did not know. Interesting. Like, so, like, somebody had to put a post-it note in the books is what you're saying. It's an actual yeah. post-it note. It's nice. an actual post-it note, but it's, like, got a printed yeah. quote on top of it. So... It's interesting. Neat, but no, it doesn't have one of the unchapters or anything like that. There's um that's actually one of the things I'm gonna be doing is buying the uh the Canadian edition of Rock Shark Text has I think the Undex, which is the index that's like the unchapter index. Um yeah, and there's some other ones, so I'll probably start to collect um editions in different different languages that have those types of things. Yeah. Very cool. I'm looking forward to listening to that episode. That was a lot of fun to record. It was. It was great. Yeah, and if you're a Patreon contributor, the spoiler talk for Raw Shark Text clocks in at like 40-something minutes, so you essentially get a whole extra episode of just us talking um, spoilers about the Raw Shark Text too. So we spent almost two hours talking about this thing. Can I... <sighs> I wasn't uh, going to bring this up, but I'm going to bring it up now. Maybe you and I are not clear enough about when you should listen to spoiler talk. Do you know what I'm talking about? I don't. Thomas Joyce, who uh, <laughs> is uh, does some work for This Is Horror and uh, has become a friend of this podcast, um, said, oh, I'm going to read this book. These guys said so many great things about it, blah, blah, blah. And then in the comments, I'd commented something. He's like, no, no, it's cool. I already listened to spoiler talk. <laughs> so maybe we need a better disclaimer. Something like, hey, spoiler talk is if you've already read the book. Or maybe if you just are sure you never, ever want to read the book. Maybe we're not clear enough on that. Do you feel that maybe we need a better disclaimer? Well, I mean, I'm taking into consideration the fact that maybe he doesn't mind if we tell him how the book ends. Yeah, yeah, I'm guess I mean his defense was that he's got a lot of other books to read first so he probably won't remember any of it. Um by then, which is which is fair. Um but I, I read that and I was like why why would you why would you do that? So Yeah, it's just that is weird. It's not something I would do. Um Yeah. So do you want do you think that that's something we need to add to our actual spoiler talk or um just kind of say now for everybody. Like if you're listening now, this is how it works. I don't know. We'll see if we remember it next time we do. Probably not. Talk. Yeah, probably not going to. <laughs> All right. This is breaking news, not AWP related, but uh, so much focus about the podcast. Sometimes you're just on social media the whole time and you come across something. Um, Warren Ellis. Do you remember? Do you remember the last Warren Ellis thing we read? Yeah, it was uh, normal. Yeah. Do you remember what kind of review that got? It didn't get a good one at all. Do you remember the previous thing from Warren Ellis we reviewed? Yeah, it was Gun Machine, and we didn't give it a good review either. No, we may have another chance. Um, Netflix oh. had their Netflix had their big like I don't know whatever conference thing where they announced like a bunch of their stuff for uh, the upcoming year. Mm. And one of the things that didn't get a lot of, uh, and I saw this on some news feed somewhere, but that it just got kind of mentioned is that they're doing a Castlevania TV show. Do you are you familiar with Castlevania? Uh, like the old video game? Yes, there was the old video game, little kind of like side-scrolling video game from the yeah, dude. 90s, maybe? 80s, I guess? Um, and then it's been updated to like a three-dimensional first-person type game and stuff. Mm. Um, so they're getting a Netflix show. It's going to be written by Warren Ellis. A Castlevania Netflix show? Yeah. Netflix original ser series with one season. Um, and, oh, I'm sorry, with two seasons already. So, our two seasons, and it's going to be Warren Ellis is going to be the uh, the writer. I, I'm, I don't know if he's writing the whole thing, but uh, uh, Game of Thrones vibe is what uh, one person, Comic Book Resources, says uh, 
that Warren Ellis's R-rated scripts have a Game of Thrones vibe. So we may see a crazy, violent Castlevania where, you know, poor uh, vampires are hunted down and killed by merciless vampire hunters. Um, yeah, after having lots of sex with, like, their sisters. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. Well, you know what? Vampire incest did happen in True Blood. So maybe there's yes. a... Yes, yes, it did. Maybe there's a place for that in the... Yeah, yeah, there you go. Um, I'll check it out. I mean, still, like, even though Warren Ellis is kind of... Uh, maybe a little bit let us down with these last couple of things, that crooked little vein, I'm still going to go back to that guy just on the power of that story alone. So I'm down. Yep. I uh, And in other movie news while I'm on the subject, um, Jay and Silent Bob movie. What? A new Jay and Silent Bob movie. Man, I gotta figure out how to use this internet. I don't know any of this stuff that you're presenting to me. There's a yeah. new. What is it? Do you know what the title of it is? Um, uh, no. Kevin Smith confirms new Jay and Silent Bob movie. And uh, oh no, hold on a second. It's titled Jay and Silent Bob reboot. <sighs> That's the title of the movie. Yes. Um, let's see, alongside a picture of the script title page, Smith announced that the much-anticipated Clerks 3 and Mallrats 2 are not happening. Oh, no. That's heartbreaking. They, they're they done. They're not happening? No. I didn't really care about Clerks 3 because Clerks 2 was so bad, but Mallrats 2 I was ridiculously excited about. Um, I mean, I guess all the actors that he had on board saw Yoga Hosers or, um, <sighs> what's that other one? Um... Tusk, Tusk, and they were I like, Tusk. "Yeah, it's fucking terrible, it's terrible, yeah, it's pretty bad." Oh, this is heartbreaking, though. So instead um, of that, he's doing like this is like like good news, bad news. It's going to be replaced with the Jay and Silent Bob movie. I don't know uh, what reboot means. I mean, I know what reboot. I'm not an idiot. Yeah, I I, I saw a headline that it said, "Oh, here, here it is." Um, uh, Smith has decided to go back. Man, this, these ads that keep popping up, and they keep like scrolling the text down. So let's see. Uh, back to the toys he does own the rights to, Jay and Silent Bob. The film will see the duo traveling back to Hollywood to stop a reboot of Blunt Man and Chronic, a film they previously kept from happening in Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. Now this sounds like this could be garbage, too. I have a massive Kevin Smith tweet or Instagram post. I'm going to read this. Sure. <clears throat> this is not a drill. This is an actual image from my laptop. I'm guessing it's the the, the script because it's not showing up. Mm-hmm. Jay, and Silent Bob are, Jay and Silent Bob are coming back. Here's the story. Sadly, Clerks 3 can't happen. One of our four leads opted out of the flick. So I worked on a Mallrats movie instead, which also didn't happen because it turned into a Mallrats series. I've pitched said sequel series to six different networks, only to find no takers thus far. Mind you, I'm not complaining. Nobody gets to make everything they want to make in this business. Um, side note from my own brain, even though you got to make fucking yoga hosers, um, I had the time of my life laughing while writing Jay and Silent Bob Reboot, a fun flick in which the Jersey Boys have to go back to Hollywood to stop a brand new reboot of the old Blunt Man and Chronic movie they hated so much. It's a tongue-in-cheek, silly-ass satire that pokes fun at the movie business's recent redo obsession, featuring an all-star cast of cameos and familiar faces. And it's coming out through Miramax. Apparently, in the article I'm reading, it says that he does not—he simply did not own the rights to make sequels to some of his beloved VSQ universe films, Dogma, Chasing A.B., Mallrats, and Clerks. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I—I thought that I'd lost all faith faith in him, and I'm pretty much now sure that I've lost all faith in him. So, I am going to see him live, um, do their recording of uh, their podcast, the the one he does with Jason Mewes. Yeah. Um, next month. So I'm excited about that. But man, I got to tell you, Mallrats, I, the only movie I've been looking forward to for like a year is Mallrats <laughs> 2. And I'm, I'm not making that up. I'm just not much of a movie person anymore. I'll watch some like small, like independent, you know, like horror films and stuff. But other yeah. than that, I'm just not, not feeling movies. Well, I will kind of say that even though I'm not super excited about everything Kevin Smith has been coming out with recently, dude seems happy, so good for him. Um, do you want to talk about another disappointment? Yeah, let's let's while we're on while we're on a roll, let's do it. Yeah, yeah we've talked about Trump, we talked about Kevin Smith. Now let's talk about Have you heard of a show called The Santa Clarita Diet? <laughs> 
Um, yes, I have. Did you watch any of it? I've seen uh, the first three episodes. What a fucking pile of garbage! So I, I did. I I saw a commercial where um, Timothy Oliphant was doing something, and it ended up being a commercial uh, commercial for this TV show. And I was like, mm, I'm, I'm going to check it out because I justified. That's you know, the guy's a brilliant actor. So I, you know, I'm, I'm watching TV the other night, and I did pull it up, and I start playing the first episode, and thankfully it's like only half hour episodes because it was just terrible i um i'm not gonna disagree with you i am gonna say that although it's terrible i found it laugh out loud funny in some parts and will likely watch the remaining six or seven episodes no (laughs) i mean that's great but uh... i mean what your other favorite actors in it too um nathan fillion that guy yeah yeah I was, I mean, like, the show actively made me dislike Nathan Fillion, which I didn't think was possible. Um, wow, what a, just a pile of crap. That uh, that first episode, and, and I don't remember what all is revealed, in because I watched all three in a row. So, you know what I mean? I don't know where, like, the breaks are if you only watch the one show or one right. episode. It's, it's, it's really funny in parts. It's how I feel about the Lethal Weapon TV show. Like, every week <laughs> when it's over, I go... Why do I keep watching this? This is so ridiculous. But I kind of enjoy it. So that's kind of where I'm at with the Santa Clarita diet. Another Netflix exclusive or yeah. original or whatever you want to call it. I um so because I was so repulsed, I decided to go on IMDb and see who created it and see what other shows that they've created or been, been done work on and I was not surprised like the homeboy uh did My name is Earl and better off Ted. Um, yeah. Just, bleh, no. None of those are shows I want. When no. I do finish it, which I will, I will I will give you an update on how I felt about the whole thing. But oh, Not good. <laughs> it, it's interesting for... Just, I mean, it's Drew Barrymore's first thing she's done in, in a while that I'm aware of. Yeah, she's not helping. And it's Oliphant's first comedic attempt, I think. Yeah, I mean, he had like a couple episodes on The Office where he was. Oh, know. that's right, I forgot about that. Yeah, he was on The Office, but um, ugh, yeah, I just ugh, nope, no, <laughs> no. Are you watching Superstore? No, I should because it's kind of probably. like yeah, it's it's retail focus, and because I'm in retail, I'd probably identify with some stuff. I just haven't gotten around to starting it. I guess so. Yeah. Um. Ugh. I just can't. You can't, can't wash the taste uh, of vomit out of your mouth right now. Oh, that's God, what the whole so, first episode. <laughs> yeah, it's just so stupid. Ah, all you right, understand so. what the premise of the show is? No. And you okay. would think that after watching the first episode that I would. The premise of the show, um, without revealing anything, because this was in all the articles, I read uh, a couple of articles about it before it came out, is that um, the two of them are realtors in Santa Clarita, California, I'm assuming. Yeah, yeah. Um, she, for reasons that are not clear to us, at least through the first couple episodes, basically develops zombie tendencies where she's not, um, you know, she doesn't look like a zombie. She can think and talk, but she has to eat, you know, raw meat in order to survive. So that first episode is her illness quote unquote, you know, the in becoming a zombie. So all right. So I didn't the rest the rest <sighs> of the series will be about procuring food sources. I can guarantee you that. <laughs> I don't know. Like so not I'm I'm I don't So here's the way the episode breaks down. Like the first couple minutes it's a normal family. Um they're showing a house. She vomits for like three minutes. Um he thinks she died but then she hasn't died. Uh, then she buys a car, I think. And yes, she does buy a car. Um, eats a bunch of raw meat, uh, goes out dancing, uh, and kills a guy. I mean, that's basically, uh, that's basically the first episode. Yeah. Yeah. And it's about a suburban family trying to cope with, uh, in a very comedic way. With uh, her whatever condition, I guess would be the right word. Mm, yeah. 
Yeah. Anyway, we've probably talked about this way too long. <laughs> I'm going to break in with an AW, final AWP update, I think, for this episode. AWP 2017, uh, there's a hashtag on Twitter, AWP 17, um, where a person posted signs for Writers March on Capitol Hill. So apparently Friday at 1 o'clock, a bunch of authors are going to march on Capitol Hill. I don't, it doesn't say what exactly they're protesting. I guess you might not have to protest if you're marching. On... However, <laughs> uh, although there are some, <laughs> this is what <laughs> this is what it's like when I cracked up about the iPad, right? Yeah. Oh my god. Uh, I did. They did post a picture of some of the signs, um, and I'm going to go from the ones that make the most sense to the least sense. So. Just, these are writers. These signs better be the best goddamn protest no. signs ever. So I, I will judge them all on a scale of one to five and how, how good they are. All right. So I'm going to hit you with the first one. Writers resist Trump. That's the one. I'm sorry. Five being a great sign. So that's so this that's is a, a one. That's terrible. Right. Writers resist Trump. OK. Right. I'm not sure what that I know what it means, but I'm not sure how people in the writing community didn't come up with something better than that. Well, get ready for this next one. Alternative facts are lies, with facts in quotation marks. Alternative, quote, facts, unquote, are lies. I'm going to uh, one. That's also a right. one. Uh, here's, the, here's the kicker. Right, W-R-I-T-E, right, our democracy. Does that even make any sense? Who's writing I mean, it? Yeah, I don't. Like, are you I mean, telling the, the people the that you're protesting words, against, like, to write them, or are we supposed to be writing our democracy? Like, who's who's the recipient of this message? Like, if I, if I if I'm the if I'm Trump and I see that sign, I'm gonna be like, all right, I'll write your democracy, and then I'm gonna do my Trump thing. <laughs> Is that the last sign? Those, yeah, there's three. There's three all right, I'm giving that one a two because it's the last sign I don't have to hear anymore. All so right, it's yeah. <laughs> clearly better than the previous two. All right, that's our final. I okay. had to talk about the fact that there was a writer's march on Capitol Hill, and I didn't really understand what they were marching for. <laughs> Do you know where, where Donald Trump has gone wrong? Don't answer that. Let me just tell you what I think. I think that from the very first protest, the day that that, that he was inaugurated, he should have used Twitter a little differently, and this is what I would have done. So in the event that I ever run for president, this is a tactic um, that Rob will remind me of as my uh, – as my uh, what, what would the top guy be? As my senior advisor. He should have gone right on a Twitter and said, I saw all the people in downtown Washington celebrating my inauguration. Thank you so much for coming out. And then the next day he should have said – Oh, I'm so excited about all the women that have assembled all over the country to celebrate <laughs> my inauguration, because I will tell you it would have driven them out of their fucking minds. He should always go on Twitter and thank people for assembling to celebrate his presidency. Yeah, he really, I mean, yeah, I agree. It's the golden opportunity, man. I'm telling you, people would have been throwing themselves off buildings after that. Well, when you become president. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure that I will receive... I'm sure there will be people celebrating in the streets <laughs> all over the country <laughs> with signs. when I become president. Yeah, they will have signs. signs. Yeah. But you know what? I'm going to do one better. When they're protesting, <laughs> I will have like my staff write them better signs than the signs that are out there that oh. say things like, write our democracy. You're going to like host a free sign workshop? Now that would be something that would be cool to see at AWP. Now, the best sign that I saw, and I saw this, I think it was on Twitter, was someone that said, um, oh, it was something along the lines of the current president is so bad I had to get a reusable sign and it was a whiteboard. Yeah, yeah, I like that. See, now that's what I expected that's from a writer's conference. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that type of thing, not right you know, our writer. democracy. Yeah, writers resist Trump. Yeah, kind of bullshit. All right, so that's going to, I think, are we done? Yeah, let's talk about our next book. We have a next yeah. book. Yeah, I was about to wrap it up, but... Um, yeah, no, 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 hold on. Next episode. Yeah, Olivia's found a book for us. Yeah, that's right. We are going to read... We enjoyed the historical fiction that we read so much when we read uh, Dracula versus Hitler that we are going back to the historical fiction well for Neil Gaiman's new book, Norse Mythology. So... Uh, yeah. 
Rob really enjoyed all the realism and stuff and all the stuff that happened in Romania, and I did too. So now we're going to find out about all the exciting stuff that happened in Norway. Um, this is a little this bit here. of yeah. this is a little bit of equity too because um, I don't know if you pay attention, but my last name's Olson. I've I've heard it mentioned yeah. three hundred and seventy times times two seven hundred and forty something times. I think yeah yeah Swedish and Norwegian. Yep. In so my, uh, my blood. Yep. So we're gonna learn all about uh, Thor, who I think was president of Norway at one point. <laughs> Is that that's not, exa- is that that's not exactly right, yeah. All right, so historical fiction coming up next week from Neil Gaiman, reviewed by um, us here at Booked. I'm, I can't wait. I'm excited. We actually really liked that um, Ocean at the End of the Lane. Was that the name of it? Yes. Yeah, that was good. Yeah, yeah. I'm always fascinated by his uh, his marriage to Amanda Palmer. Because <laughs> he's like a really quiet, reserved guy, and she is fucking balls out crazy so that that's got to be fun to be like at a dinner party at their house i don't remember um i knew a i was i I was waiting to see when amanda palmer came up because i just knew it was going to happen b i can't remember what it was but i saw uh someone had posted something on social media somewhere um and it was like retweeting or or whatever something amanda palmer posted which was a picture of a bunch of people leaving at the end of a concert or something and there's neil gaiman just like leaned over writing in a notebook like he's so <laughs> absorbed in writing and yeah. nobody and everybody's just streaming past him to leave but there he is just kind of on his own sitting in the seats with empty seats all around him and that was just cool i thought That's that was really wonderful cool. yeah. that was really wonderful god bless them they've been together for for uh, quite a bit now and i just think it seems like one of those really like weird mismatched relationships so yeah. apparently it works must work for them. Well, um, speaking of mismatched relationships, um, uh, that's it for us. So until next time, I'm Livia Snedden. And I'm Rob Olson. Keep reading.